Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for High Velocity Radio. Welcome to the High Velocity Radio Show, where we celebrate top performers producing better results in less time. Stone Payton here with you this afternoon. You guys are in for a real treat. Please join me in welcoming to the broadcast with Lone Mantra, Miss Emily Doxford. How are you? Hi, Stone. Thank you so much for having me. I'm doing well. Well, it is absolutely my pleasure. I've really been looking forward to this conversation. I've got a ton of questions. I know we're not going to get to them all, but I'm thinking a good place to start would be if if you could articulate for for me and our listening audience, mission, purpose, what are you and your team really out there trying to do for folks? Absolutely. So Loan Mantra is a minority-owned business. We are a financial technology platform. We are a financial advisory service. And we, again, are are minority-owned. And we serve diverse SMBs, small and medium business owners, all over the United States um, who are doing any number of incredible things. So uh, we really understand the many, many challenges that underserved uh, businesses face. And that's that's at the heart of, of what we do and, and what we want to do. Our goal is really to democratize the, the lending process. I personally come from a line of, of, uh, of business owners, of um, women who are championing small business, championing Main Street, maybe through policymaking. So it's also something that's dear to me personally as well. What a great way to frame it, democratizing the whole the, the, the process. So I, I got to know the full backstory, though. How does one find themselves in this kind of role, uh, trying to serve constituents in, in this type of arena? My, my instincts are it probably wasn't just a straight path. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm laughing a little bit, Stone, because it was the most circuitous path ever when it comes <laughs> when it comes to me. I am actually, uh, I have a graduate degree in American literature. Oh, of course. So, <laughs> right? So one would immediately think finance uh, <laughs> or financial technology. That being said, I, while I was in graduate school, started working uh, with, with the business school, particularly with their financial professors and met a wonderful network of, of, uh, entrepreneurs doing incredible things and I think feel again really galvanized by the small business community and entrepreneurs particularly female entrepreneurs who are out there doing incredible things for their community so that's that was a, an important pivot for me yeah uh, and and uh, and get to work with an incredible uh, an incredible company who takes their mission very seriously. I mean, I can hear it in your voice. I can see it in, in your eyes. It has to be incredibly rewarding work. And now that you've been at it a while, what do you, what do you like the most? What's the most fun about it for you? Well, I, I think it's interacting with, with business owners, right? It's, it is knowing that, these are these are individuals who are really good at what they do. They may be incredible artisans. They may be incredible bakers. They may run the finest transportation company 
in Atlanta, whatever the case may be, they are building their communities and doing it really, really well. And for whatever reason, uh, we've just found that their greatest challenges are accessing capital and understanding financial jargon. So mm-hmm. if we can break down those silos, it's a it's a it's an important work that we're doing as well. Well, I do want to dive into this whole idea of access. You used the term underserved a couple of times early in the conversation. I guess I, I surprise is not accurate. I'm disappointed, I would say, that we still have a group that is served and, and a group or multiple groups that are under served and apparently female is one of those labels. Can you say more about that? I mean, that's still a problem even this day and age, huh? Uh, 100%. And and to your point, yes, it is. It's disappointing. Uh, We should, I I should say that, that the U.S. is the global leader for growth in women-owned businesses. Hmm. So we're doing that really, really well. And in fact, um, at some point, although I believe the pandemic has probably changed this statistic a little bit, 1,800 new women-owned businesses are starting every day. So there's there's the really exciting kernel of information. On the flip side, and to your question, Stone, about underserved communities, um, women do... Uh, we we see evidence of of a funding gap, right? Um, in a recent year, venture capitalists invested something like 130 billion in U.S. startups, and women got a tiny fraction of that pie. It was 2.2 percent. A majority of women, 62 percent, actually, I believe it is, uh, report some sort of gender bias when it comes to taking out a loan. So it's it can be um, it can be a, a frustrating process for a women-owned business, and then here's here's the real rub: if they do receive a loan, they are uh, generally more likely to pay higher rates mm. than male borrowers, and generally receive one third less um, in in a loan package than their male counterparts. Wow. So there's there's work to be done. Yeah. Well, I, I too have gender bias, but mine swings the other way. I would rather candidly work with women. My mom was a very strong woman in, in, in so many ways. My wife is an incredibly accomplished uh, female in, in her arena. I find women more comfortable in their own skin. I find them better with money. I find them more coachable. I find them more approachable. I, I find them better at cultivating and strengthening relationships. <laughs> so if everybody died and put me in charge, I'd be loaning, I'd be loaning money, money to them faster. <laughs> I, I love it, Stone. Let's, let's put you in charge. There we go. <laughs> All right. So, so let's talk about the work a little bit. Um, so, and I want to talk about how you find them and how they find you, but we'll, we'll circle back to that. So you begin helping, helping these, these people, like what, what, especially in the early stages of the work, what are you sitting down with them and learning about their business or educating them? Walk us through some of the, you know, kind of the, the nitty gritty of the work with them. Sure. So at the heart of it, we're a financial technology platform. So we have more than 80 lenders on our platform and we care a lot about helping the borrow, a borrower find the right financial partner. 
right? There's there's something about that fit, about that community that you care a lot about who your accountant is. You care a lot about who your graphic designer is. It's no different with your financial partner. So that's, at the end of the day, that's an important part of what we do is providing people a safe, secure, transparent um, platform in which they can they can gain this access. Um, we're also, we do a lot of financial advisory work and that's, mm. that's where this, this, um, really interesting. And, um, again, the community building becomes a little more personal. We learn more about the borrower and, uh, and get to potentially help them in, uh, building a business plan or learning more about, about their, their dreams and how we can help fund their dreams. I'm sure there are so many, there would be for me if I were entering this process as a, as a client, um, so many unknowns, but I, I suspect there probably are some preconceived notions, some myths, some things that, that maybe your newer clients walk in believing or, or thinking that just, that's just not the way it is. Do you see some of the same things like that over and over that you have to sort of unpack and help them really understand the way it really works? Yeah, I that's a that's an interesting question. I think we all have this idea of what it's like to to get a loan or mm. what it's like to start a business. And I, I, probably some of that is really true. It can be challenging and complicated and some of that is completely not true. You know, I I also think that as um well I'm I'm starting to get older but younger generations than I and and a Gen Z uh, a Gen Z borrower so this this new generation of of entrepreneurs they don't necessarily have the same relationship with a banker right mm-hmm. that that my right. parents did and they're a lot more comfortable getting financing online so it's it's a whole new way to think about access to capital and what what that looks like and how do you get a loan it's not necessarily sitting down with with your parents banker in a buttoned up environment filling out a paper form after paper form that being said hopefully some of the personal still remains and you can call someone up when you have a question or need advice when the process feels overly complicated, and for for me, for for us, for loan mantra, it's it's bridging that gap. It sounds like you've cracked the code or struck the balance between ease of access, uh, technology that can really work for you, but this is the antithesis of a transactional business. It sounds like your work is very grounded in relationship, isn't it? I. I it is it is and i i think that that is something that can it shouldn't surprise me but you know money is a personal thing and our businesses are a personal thing mm. and so should your financial your financial advisor where you go to get funding should be something that you care a lot about and should be a very it should be a vetted process well, and I got to believe, and maybe not everybody's like me, but I bet there's a critical mass of people who are like me. I just find the whole idea, the whole process of um, just trying to begin to think about borrowing money or going through one of those processes where 
you qualify to get larger contracts. It just, it looks like this big hairy bear, you know, very intimidating. And, and it sounds like maybe you you help us break down those walls a little bit and, uh, you know, get, get the confidence to just take the steps and follow the process. Uh, I, I hope so, Stone. I hope so. <laughs> that, that's the goal. I, I think I'm right about that right there. There is like, this is one way to help is to, is to help them uh, borrow money. But there's a, there's a path probably for anybody, but certainly for some underserved constituencies to uh, document their ability to fulfill the requirements. And, and, and then they can get access to some pretty large pieces of business. Is it right? Yeah. So I, I think if I'm understanding that question, it's, are there, is there funding or programs available for underserved communities or underserved borrowers? Yeah. And and what the reason I'm asking is, well, we have a client, but it's not my personal client. And I I think they had this whole certification process to, to be a woman owned business. And I think that opens up, it's not a, you know, it's not a fill out the application and get a bunch of money or get a bunch of business, but it does, it it does, you know, let people at least get, throw their hat in the ring on some other kind. Yeah. Oh, no, perfectly said. You said it. Yes, you can, you can certify through the SBA, the Small Business Administration, okay. to be either a, a WOSB, a woman-owned business, mm. uh, or a, 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 or a minority-owned business, an MOB. And both of those allow you to bid on government contracted, a, a, an additional market. So mm-hmm. last year, that was an additional 5% of, of the WOB, the women owned business uh, marketplace, hmm. which is, it's, it's substantial, yeah. right? Yeah. It's a, it's a great step and a, a great way forward. So in, in your work, I, I'm always curious. I came from the training consulting world and I sort of gravitated to the sales and marketing side of things. So I'm always trying to look at things from a sales and marketing <laughs> vantage point. How does the whole sales and marketing thing work for a firm like yours? Do you have to get out and shake the trees or are people coming to you or a little bit of both? How, how does that work for a firm like yours? A great question. It is a little bit of both. We have uh, we have an incredible founder who has enjoyed a loyal client base for many years and deservedly so. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's equity built up there. There's trust, and um, there's an NPS score, a net promoter score, right? That comes from just building valuable relationships and on on his part on our founder's part and on loan mantra's part, just doing what we say we're going to do. That being said, uh, as you scale, I think there's always a little bit of this. You, you have to go shake the trees. I think was, was <laughs> right. a phrase that was used and, uh, getting additional exposure. It's an, it's a noisy marketplace. And unfortunately mm. ours can be filled with predatory lenders and, uh. and, capital that I would not want any small business borrower to to enter certain terms. So there's a little bit of that. And um and it's it's I think I said at the beginning, you know, one of the major challenges facing any borrower is learning some of the jargon in any industry. There's a yeah. there's a lot of jargon and 
a bit of a bit of my job is is helping to educate on both sides what everyone's saying and and making making um making terms feel a little more a little more clear for either a borrower or a financial institution or a vendor who who may be working to to help with a with a borrower as well. Well, it's starting to come into focus for me right now. You have this whole other group that you're serving you because you're not the lender in in this equation, right? You're bringing right. the parties together. So you're educated. Wow, you, there must be so much education relationship building because uh, you're you're in the middle helping both groups. Right. Sounds fun, but it sounds challenging. <laughs> <laughs> it's it is both it is both my friend so uh sounds like there's a lot of ground to be covered yet plenty plenty to do do you, do you feel like we are trending in the right direction are we we're, we're making progress but, but but things are looking a little better as we go in most pockets of this yes yeah as as it relates to an underserved borrower yes yes yeah, I I hope so. I remain optimistic. I think that you know, my my personal ethos when I work with a when I work with a borrower, particularly an underserved borrower is to tell them to work with partners that they've vetted, that they feel strongly about their missions. If they're working with um a partner who gives underrepresented uh constituents they're giving women and minorities a voice at the table. I think that there's a better a better chance that there will be empathy for the borrower, for maybe the the woman owned uh, or the women business owner themselves. Mm-hmm. So that uh, to that end, I I am hopeful. I am optimistic that we are trending in in the right direction, and um, that we that there's an availability of of resources for for female entrepreneurs. And more and more lenders apparently are recognizing, I mean, this is not altruism. This is, I mean, this is good business to, to, to loan, to, to lend money to these people, particularly if those relationships are brokered or, or facilitated by, by, by someone like you guys who can kind of grease the skids and, and maybe remove some of the friction and shrink the timeline for them. Right. So, so, so that's on the, on, on the increase a little bit. Well, at least that's encouraging. So over time, maybe we can get more private equity. We can get more uh, lenders to the point where that, you know, it's a little more routine and maybe even they see some specific advantages in it. On the other side of the table, are, are there some things I was going to say we, <laughs> I'll say it for the effect of the question. We as female business owners <laughs> yes, yes, uh, can do ourselves for ourselves to help bridge the gap. Like, uh, like what, what can the female business owner do to, you know, to also help bridge the gap? You think? This is a great question. And oh, I think it's as simple and as complex as this. I think, the the female business owner, we Stone, <laughs> we have to be so well researched with business plans, with mm-hmm. our partnerships, with our strategy. Um, there, you know, you've you've mentioned some. We've talked about some. There is an availability of programs. There are there are partnerships available. 
to female entrepreneurs. It's knowing where they are and it's, it's knowing, um, it's knowing how to access them. I think a great place to, to start is the Small Business Administration, the SBA. Uh, they, they currently are prioritizing more female business owners getting financing. And that's, that's everything, right? That's the ball game. Uh, I also like to tell female business owners to go to their local CDFI, which is a community development financial institution or a women's business center. And there is uh, human resources. There are financial resources. There's any number of resources available to, to female business owners to help them, um, to help them learn next steps. Right, whether it's a it's a loan, whether it is a network, whether it's writing a business plan, there there are there are places available um, to to help women scale up. Well, that's a helpful little nugget right there. I certainly was not aware of, had not heard of, and I'll bet you a lot of our listeners have not heard of CDFI uh, right. Community. What again is it? Yeah, Community Development Financial Institution. And most most states have a few. Uh, most cities have one. I know Atlanta has one. Okay. But they they are uh, they are there to serve the small business community. Boy, am I gonna sound smart at the next little uh, business meeting I'm at. <laughs> You got this, Stone. <laughs> I'll try to remember to to give you a, a, a little bit of credit. Okay, so uh, before we wrap, kind of going back to your platform, it, and it can be like the thirty thousand foot view, uh, but maybe you can fill in some of the the blanks here. This is something that a, a female business owner can can get onto and and navigate and find some resources. Just speak to that the platform itself a little bit, if you could. Sure. So. Any any business owner uh, is can can come visit us at at Loan Mantra. Um, they can find us on online at loanmantra.com and can use our financial technology, our financial platform to to access capital. So uh, this it's a it's an easy, transparent solution huh. to to gain financing. In addition to that, we have wonderful experts who are available to talk through any questions that a borrower may have, um, an entrepreneur, that that word felt extremely hard right there for some (laughs) some reason, uh, may have uh, about, about accessing capital. Oh, I think that's fantastic. All right, I'm going to switch gears on you for a moment before we before we wrap. Before we came on the air, we were talking uh, about uh, you being now in, in Arizona. So the answer to this may have changed a little bit, but I am genuinely curious about, and I don't know when you'd find the time, but uh, passions, if any, outside the scope of your work. Most of my listeners know that I like to hunt, fish, and travel. Right. 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 Uh, but something you have a tendency maybe to nerd out about that really is not directly connected to your work at Lone Mantra. Anything? Oh, that's a great question. So I I had mentioned to to Stone earlier that I'm a recent transplant to Arizona from New York City, which spoiled me uh, abundantly in terms of finding great new restaurants to to try. 
so I, I really enjoy, um, I really enjoy that. I really enjoy when I don't have to cook. Let's, let's put it that way. <laughs> I, I am an avid reader. I love art museums. I, I like to travel and I, I enjoy actually writing in my spare time. So. All right, but with the move, you may have to slide a little closer to my end of the continuum on hunting yes. fish, right? Yes, <laughs> <laughs> it was not a leading question at all, right, Stone? Oh, that's funny. Let's let's talk soon, and we'll we'll see we'll see where we where we end up, my friend. You got it. All right, let's make sure that our listeners do know how to access the platform. Maybe reach out and have a conversation with you or somebody on your team. Whatever is the easiest and most appropriate. Let's give them those coordinates. Absolutely. So a listener can reach out and please do at www.lonemantra.com. They can also find us on LinkedIn, on social media, Facebook, Instagram, others at Lone Mantra. Uh, feel free to reach out with me directly on, on LinkedIn, um, Emily Larson Doxford. Well, Emily, it has been an absolute delight having you on the show this afternoon. It's a, It's been inspiring. It's been informative. Thank you for sharing your perspective and your insight. And, and keep up the good work. What you're doing, what you and your team are out there doing for folks is so important. And, and we sincerely appreciate you. Thanks, Stone. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. All right. Until next time, this is Stone Payton for our guest today, Emily Doxford with Lone Mantra and everyone here at the Business Radio X family saying we'll see you in the fast lane. 